Hi, this is Alex Roman, Managing Editor for Metro Magazine, and welcome to Metrospectives, a podcast about public transportation, the private motor coach industry, and all things mobility. My guests today are Nicole Recker, VP of Mobility Services and Administration at Texas's Denton County Transportation Authority, and Tom Ryden, Senior Project Manager for Lockwood, Andrews, and Newnham, Inc. They join me to discuss the long and short-term implications for transit caused by the pandemic, how branding and messaging will play a part in ridership returning, funding, and much more. And now my discussion with Nicole and Tom. Well, folks, thanks for joining me today. Um, Tom, Nicole, how are you guys doing? We're doing great, just taking it day by day. Yes, doing fine, thank you. Great. Well, thanks for joining me again. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in the industry and you know some things that could be on the horizon. And I guess first, just to get, kind of get a sense of things, um, Nicole, can you talk a little bit about you know how the, the COVID-19 pandemic impacted DCTA and kind of where the agency is now? Sure, absolutely. Well, since the beginning of March, I mean, I think things have you know changed drastically for us and um, we've seen kind of that hit us in, in several waves. I mean, initially, you know, it was with the increased cleaning procedures that we had um, in place. But, you know, as the number of cases started to rise and the stay-at-home orders went into place, you know, we had, we had to make some really tough decisions. We had to look at major reductions in service. And, um, you know, and, and even as it became a bigger threat, um, you know, we, we launched additional service changes. We've had to modify, you know, the number of employees that we have. And so, you know, I think that this is just a wave and, and we have to continue to ride it and, and be responsive, you know, as, as the environment changes. Right. And, and, you know, are you at a certain percentage of, of um, services right now? Yeah, we, we did. We cut um, our service a little bit more than 40%. Um, and that that happened over a, a two-wave period of time. So back in March, um, when the initial stay-at-home orders went into place, we modified service um, the most uh, most of about about forty-four percent. And then um, in May, we did an additional service change to modify services a bit more. And so we're at about we're down about forty-eight percent as compared to pre-COVID. Right. And and Tom, how has land been impacted? I know you guys. Um, you know, have a lot of offices, uh, you know, how quickly were all those offices kind of work from home and, and, you know, how did that process play out for you guys? That transition uh, happened fairly quickly. Uh, we, we had a, a, a scramble, but a scramble of a different sorts than what Nicole talks about. Uh, our scramble was to uh, uh, bring a, a lot of computer resources, uh, particularly hardware, uh, into our home environment. So we'd have, you know, all the screens and, and things we needed to, you know, review plans and process documents and the like. But, you know, we, we transitioned fairly quickly uh, as soon as the lockdown orders, uh, you know, occurred. And, uh, you know, we, we started essentially working uh, with all the different tools, you know, like Zoom and WebEx uh, and Teams to uh, communicate with our clients. And it was helpful that, you know, this is sort of an all in this together type situation. So, you know, our clients were faced with the same situation and doing much the same thing. Right. 
I think technology is really key in that transition too. I mean, you know, we did much the same thing, um, but the one challenge of transit being, you know, essential infrastructure, um, you know, we had some staff that were able to transition to work from home, but others that still remain frontline um, employees. And so, you know, that transition has been a little bit more difficult. Right. And fortunately, you know, for, for some of the technologically, uh, you know, that weren't up to speed. Uh, we've had to get up to speed pretty quickly, right? I mean, I, like all of us know how to use Zoom and Teams and everything now. Yeah, we have learned a, a whole new skill set here. Yeah. And um, but but it, it it's it's pleasantly um, uh, surprising that it, that works. It works really well, and that's been that's been a real comfort. Yeah, definitely. I think that we'll see long-term impacts from that as well. I mean, I think that companies, not just transit, are, you know, are seeing how capable employees are um, at, you know, fulfilling their function while from home. And I, you know, I think that, that we'll see that ongoing in the future. And I think that will impact ridership. I mean, a lot of our riders are, uh, you know, they're traveling to get to work. Well, if work is their dining room table now, uh, you know, that will, that will have a long-lasting impact on transit. Right. And, and, you know, that kind of brings me up, you know, to, you know, the economy is opening back up and, and you know, here in, in California, it's actually starting to shut back down a little bit. Um, but, you know, how do you how do you feel, you know, transit agencies are going to adjust to the new financial realities, um, you know, of the with the pandemic continuing? Well, I mean, we have to. Right. I mean, I think the term pivot is quite critical right now. Um, I think we have to be looking at innovative ways to modify service in the future to kind of meet this new reality that we're in. I mean, you know, we're not just talking about increasing our cleaning precautions, but we're talking about how do we maintain social distancing? You know, what impacts does that have when we're operating smaller vehicles on routes? Um, You know, if sales tax is, um, you know, hindered due to these stay-at-home orders or people just not venturing out, what does that mean from a budgetary perspective for us? You know, so I think we have to be innovative and we have to find ways to, you know, incite trust in those who are using our services, but also modify uh, the service delivery that we optioned to kind of tie to those budgetary constraints that we're experiencing because of the long-term effects. Yeah, I would, I would concur with what Nicole is saying and, and also add that, uh, I think we had a, we did have a unique event from a financial perspective uh, when the Federal CARES Act was uh, put into effect. When we had this fairly massive infusion of dollars uh, focused on operations, uh, it's been a long, long time since we've had that kind of support from the federal government. They've been very supportive of transit from a capital perspective, but this was a very important and necessary infusion. Um, so I, I know, and I know DCTA is distributions, but, uh, I think we have to also, you know, have patience because, you know, at first we'd hoped that the recovery would be maybe a V shape, uh, but who knows, it might be a, a real, um, uh, V with a deep trough, or it might be a series of W's. So we're, we're going to have to watch that closely and, you know, uh, figure out how to respond accordingly. Right. And Nicole, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, pivoting uh, quite a bit. I know DCTA has, has kind of changed some of the services and 
you know, relied more on, uh, I guess, you know, mobility as a service models, microtransit models. Um, you know, what do you feel, you know, with social distancing being such a concern, um, you know, how, how do you feel transit's going to be able to, to kind of gain the ridership back and that trust? Well, I mean, I, I think trust is the key term, right? I mean, I think it's going to take time and it's going to take trust. Um, you know, it, it's also going to take a reduction in COVID, COVID cases in our area. I mean, I think every single area is going to be different. Um, but it's our responsibility, it's transit agencies' responsibility to make sure that we're communicating to our stakeholders and our passengers about what we are doing to ensure their safety on our ride. Um, you know, it's, we don't have a crystal ball, right? If we did, we'd be in a different place. We'd be having a different discussion. Um, so it's really difficult to kind of plan those transit services when you really don't know what to expect in the future. I mean, I think here in, in the DFW area, you know, we're, um, we're facing a possible shutdown based on this, you know, on the increased number of cases in our area. And so it's hard to plan for transit services when, when you don't know if you're going to have a stay at home order next week. Um, so it's, it's so important for us to be flexible. Um, and I think, you know, in mentioning the CARES Act funding, I think that the CARES Act funding is, is providing some funding to help us address those immediate gaps um, in sales tax that we had been receiving. And, and that is enabling us to be flexible and to be able to respond um, in real time to what type of service delivery makes the most sense. And, and I would just add that and it's going to be important for uh, for all transit agencies to uh, to continue to market the services that they have and uh, uh, describe the kinds of safety protocols that they have in place and what they are doing uh, so people are are made aware of that uh, you know they're all busy keeping keeping their buses and trains clean and and safe for for people from a public health health perspective but I think the message has to, you know, get out there and get out there on a fairly regular basis to, to help build that trust back. Um, at the same time, I think Nicole already mentioned that, you know, with our with this new environment of working from home, uh, there there might be a segment of ridership uh, that was there in the past that that may feel like that, gosh, I like this work from home thing, and you know, maybe I'm not a commuter as often as I was. So that's something to, you know, keep in mind as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know, that's kind of one of the questions I had maybe, maybe specifically for Nicole. Um, you know, as you guys are looking ahead and, and planning for, for services, you know, transit is always planning ahead. They're, they're not really, you know, they react on the fly, but it's not, I mean, everything has to be done and there's process for everything. Um, you know, how is the the pandemic kind of, impacting that operational planning, you know, looking ahead? Well, I mean, I think it, you know, it's, it's created a lot of challenges. Like I said before, you know, we don't have a ball, but I think if you flip it onto the positive side, we have a real opportunity here to kind of look at our service delivery different. Um, I think it's allowed transit agencies to kind of hit pause on their standing uh, planning procedures and and for us to kind of look at service delivery difference. So I know for DCTA, you know, we've had an opportunity to, to put some mobility as a service task orders um, out on the street to see what on-demand service might look like in our service area. Um, and the on-demand partners have been great thus far and, and really kind of addressing, you know, those extra cleaning precautions as well as, you know, keeping social distancing in mind. 
Um, and so I think we just kind of have to wipe the slate clean and, and say to ourselves, what is the most cost-effective way to provide service to a community that still needs the service? I mean, I think it's important to remember that, you know, transit has been identified as essential infrastructure for a reason. Um, you know, there are still transit-dependent individuals out there that need to use the service. Um, and so it's our job to make sure that they can still utilize that service, but look at ways um, to hopefully provide service so that we don't lose the choice rider. Right. And, and there's a lot of um, a lot of folks in, in Capitol Hill and maybe locally that would choose to invest in in highways. Um, you know, so you, can you talk a little bit about how transit, you know, the transit agency brand is, is getting hit right now and you know, maybe what the industry can do to kind of bolster that brand? Yeah, I mean, and again, I think that really is going to depend on what area area you are in. But, you know, in Texas, certainly we're a car-centric state. Um, you know, we, we have the transit dependent and we have um, that choice rider who prefers to um, commute via mass transit versus using their car. Um, so it's important for us to make sure that we are continually communicating the importance of transit it's not just the commute that's important, but it's also the other aspects of transit that are important, like air quality um, and livability within communities. I mean, you know, as the number of residents increases, there are still the same number of roads available. Um, and, you know, the transit system has to supplement the roadway infrastructure that's available. Um, but it is, it's, it's our job to keep transit top of mind. And I think the government has been very supportive of transit during this time. Um, you know, the CARES Act funding, there's been some other funding opportunities that have been granted. Um, and, you know, we, we just kind of have to band together during this time to make sure that we're telling the story of mass transit and its importance. Yeah, just to, to piggyback on, on, on that, and, and, you know, the essential role that, that transit plays and the transit rider plays uh, in the economy. You know, for years and years, you know, transit agencies have worked collaboratively, you know, with, uh, with municipal governments in, in their communities to, you know, to jointly fund things. And, um, and that, that will continue. However, at the moment, you know, with, with everybody's budgets, you know, suffering some, you know, it's going to be that much more important to, you know, uh, communicate, you know, the, the, the real positive uh, uh, impacts that transit offers so that when those discussions are held, you know, with, with elected officials and, and stakeholders, when it comes to cobbling together, you know, money from a variety of sources, that it's clear that, you know, how, how essential transit is. Right. And, and maybe quickly before I get to my last question, um, you know, since you guys have both kind of discussed the CARES Act, um, you know, how surprised were you to get that support from the federal government, um, given we've had a lot of uh, issues every time there's a reauthorization bill? And, uh, you know, are you hopeful that, you know, more help could be down the road? I mean, I would say rather than being surprised, we were encouraged and um, we felt supported um, we felt that the predicament that, that we were in as well as other transit agencies was being recognized. Um, so, you know, I think that we have been very smart in identifying how that funding will be used and how we can use it within um, a fairly short time frame. Um, 
I think we were probably more excited about the fact that it was available for drawdown so quickly. Um, so we, you know, we're very quick to implement like coding systems on our back end to make sure that we were tracking all costs related to COVID. And so I think that that was um, a, a sigh of relief for us as an agency. Um, but, you know, we would certainly hope that there would be additional funding opportunities. Uh, but I think right now we're just grateful for the funding opportunity that we've been given um, and that it was accessible so quickly. Right. And Tom, would you like to add to that? Well, I think one of the things I noticed in, in looking at all the uh, responses and, you know, the, the, the answers to questions that were on the uh, FTA website about the CARES Act funding, what was a pleasant surprise to me in this and encouraging is, is how relatively easy uh, they made the, uh, you know, made the requirements. I mean, it was, you could pretty much do, you had a lot of freedom, let's put it that way, to, to use this money. Uh, you didn't have to worry overly about a lot of uh, additional restrictions and other separate requirements that come with many grant programs. This, this was, was offered, uh, as Nicole said, quickly and with you know, very few restrictions in terms of how the money was to be used. Right. I would agree with that, certainly. I mean, we were able to kind of look at the fine print of the funding and, and very quickly develop a list of um, costs that could be covered with this funding. And, and so it, it allowed us to put plans into place um, so that we could see what our future really looked like as far as um, funding is concerned. Right. And, and there's been a lot of talk of crystal balls and, and surely, uh, you know, none of us here have, have one. Uh, otherwise, we'd be somewhere else. Um, so, you know, kind of the, the long term, uh, the shutdown, um, you know, the short term impact of the shutdown, do you, do you feel like that will be less transit? And, and, and what do you think that long term answer will be, um, you know, when we get back to kind of at least seeing close to the numbers of what we, we were previously seeing as far as ridership? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, like I've said before, public transit's essential to the vitality of communities. So in my mind, I like to say it's not going to be less transit, but it might be less ridership for a period of time. Um, and I think that transit agencies, much like DCTA, are really going to be forced um, to be innovative in our strategy um, for service delivery. I mean, we don't know how long it's going to take. And so I think it's important to kind of say, you know, we don't have a crystal ball, but we do have a toolbox. And so what are we going to put in our toolbox? What assets are going to be available to us? Um, what, you know, what type of service delivery are we going to ask staff to kind of look at and explore? Um, and so, as I said before, I mean, it's, it's kind of a wiping the slate clean and looking at a, a different way of doing things. And I think that if we do that successfully, um, you know, we will be able to respond effectively to whether it's short-term or long-term um, impacts of COVID. Um, and, and I really, I think that, that that really is the most important thing. I mean, we just don't know, like, you know, it could be a V, it could be a W, you know, we have to be prepared to go on that roller coaster ride. Um, and it's important that we prepare our staff to go on that ride with us. For sure, Tom? One of the things I've, one of the things I've learned uh, over my career working with uh, many transit professionals and many agencies over the years is that uh, transit professionals are 
a very resilient and creative bunch of people. And uh, yes, there's going to be a, a, a temporary reduction in ridership as, as people, you know, uh, work to uh, feel like they, they can, in fact, uh, trust their public health uh, on, on a transit system. At the same time, I know transit agencies are doing a lot of asking of questions of their ridership and listening to what they're saying and what they need and what they want. And so I know they're going to learn from that and they're going to come out of this uh, with, I think, you know, much more, uh, even more creative services. And I, I think really the true takeaway is reassessing how engaged we are. Um, you know, like Tom said, it's not just engagement with the passengers, it's engagement with our stakeholders, engagement with our funding and funding opportunities. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for us to kind of re-engage, open our ears, really listen to what people are saying, and then take that information back and be extremely creative in how we put a plan together. Um, you know, we, we try to kind of have a very positive outlook on this and um, you know, I think we can get stuck in a lot of doom and gloom, especially if you spend your time watching the news and you know, <laughs> like, like us, there are many people who are, you know, sitting on three, four, five conference calls a week, um, talking about the impacts of COVID. But I think if you look at it from a positive point of view and say, you know, this is truly the time to kind of control alt delete. Um, and a lot of transit agencies are really businesses in general don't have the opportunity to do that. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're taking this time to say, yes, it's a different time, but we're going to look at things differently and we're going to hope that the outcome um, is efficient and successful. Great. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's definitely a time of opportunity for transit. Nicole, Tom, I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Metrospectives, a podcast from Metro Magazine. Be sure to check out all the latest industry news at metromagazine.com or follow us on Twitter at MetroMagTweet.